Well, thank you so much for tuning into the Remnant Godcast, and uh, happy Monday to you. It's 4-15-2019, and we have some amazing things in store for today. Man, what a day. Again, I mean, it's like every day. There's so much going on. Have you noticed that? Like, there's so much going on every single day. I think a lot of people feel completely overwhelmed out there. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I've, I've kind of fallen into that that bucket a couple of times. Sometimes I just feel completely overwhelmed. Do you ever feel like that? Just completely overwhelmed. I mean, you got to pay the bills. You got to take kids to school. You got to pay your you know your mortgage. You got to your job has a lot of requirements. I mean, people that are out of the workforce right now, I don't think they realize what what it's like to be in the workforce today. Now, of course, I know that you know there was people that did a lot of things. Uh, I can think of my grandparents' generation, the greatest generation, World War II generation. I mean, they they worked really really hard, and my dad worked really really hard too. By the way, I remember him getting up super super early. And, and, you know, having long days at work, and I can only imagine, I mean, he, he had his own stress in his day. But but I have to say today, it does seem like those that are in the workforce um, that are probably getting paid less for doing more nowadays because a lot of companies and corporations have caught, uh, cut jobs, and uh, they've been doing this now for many years. Um, so not only do we have to compete with the robotics that are coming and all the different things that are, you know, displacing humans, uh, technical uh, improvements and uh, robotery <laughs> robots but um, I think that you know for those that have jobs that are in the workforce and apparently according to the labor statistics that's a lot of people because uh, unemployment is, is at like all-time lows or you know, not all-time but I think since like the 60s it's pretty pretty impressive um, so thank you Donald Trump thank you President Trump for that um, you know, and, and what we can get into that whole subject another day, by the way, cause there's a lot of there, there, and I'd like to talk about the economy one of these days. I think maybe one day this week, if we don't have a busy news day, I think I'm going to get in the economy a little bit. Cause I think there's a lot of things to talk about with the economy, but back to my point, I mean, if you're working and you're in the workforce and you're just, you know, I mean, gosh, you got the kids and, you know, different programs and sports and, um, you know, you're trying to do all the things your job is asking you to do and then just, you know, extra things come up. Like what about when you get like a speeding ticket or you got to do jury duty or, you know, somebody in the family passes away. I mean, it, you know, layer on anything to the normal routine and it's just like, my gosh, right? We, you feel overwhelmed sometimes. So I don't know about you, but I, I feel like that. I understand that. I understand that. And I think that sometimes it just it just takes us just, you know, taking a deep breath and saying, okay, you know, let, let's take one of these things on at a time here. Let's just figure out where's the areas that, you know, the biggest fires, let me put those out, and then let me circle back to some of these areas that maybe can wait a little bit, you know, and then finally get caught up, or at least you get close to getting caught up, right? But uh, it's a crazy, busy world. It's a crazy, busy world, and today was no exception, uh, Monday, and um, wow, so guys, it looks like um, all the major newspapers, as I'm looking at the drudgereport.com, all the major newspapers have picked up this story about Notre Dame today. And, um, you know, we, we're in Holy Week. I mean, this is the, you know, the week between Good Friday and Easter or Resurrection Day, right? Where the world celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, wow, like, that's kind of weird, right? That Notre Dame, the, the, uh, the church, I mean, was it, was it intentional? Was it intentional? Or was there, was there something there that they're not reporting on? I have a feeling there might be something there they're not reporting on. Um, I've seen a lot of different, um, you know, stories. Of course, every time there's like a big event now, you know, a big news event, you, you get a bunch of different stories. You get the mainstream narrative, and then you got a bunch of people online with all different types of stories. And if you're on social media, and especially if you follow certain people, you'll see some of those those things come up. You know, and I just would caution you, we need to be careful because we are truthers. And in other words, we, we really are truth seekers. We're looking for the truth. 
And sometimes we can get ahead of the story. And I think in this new age of news and how it, you know, uh, gets to us, whether it's by social media or through other, you know, more mainstream channels or whatnot, we just need to be careful. Make sure that we always check the facts and really kind of, you know, think about what's going on. And uh, I pray about it personally. And I ask the Lord for wisdom and discernment. I ask the Lord to speak to me about the situation. I say, Lord, is there something nefarious here? Is it a false flag? I mean, are, are there people that are the evil people behind the scenes? Uh, you know, what some refer to as like the shadow government or, you know, just the, you know, the people that are, I mean, you can say it's the CIA, you know, that, that have done a lot of false flag events that have come out over the years. Gulf of Tonkin being one of them, right? So I'm not going to go down those rabbit trails today, but every time there's one of these big events, there are those people out there saying, this is what actually happened. This is what really happened. So I don't have that information to say that that is what actually happened, but I will say this, it's just a little strange, right? It's a little strange. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's just a quinky dink. Maybe it's just a quinky dink, but it's just interesting that all the mainstream, you know, publications, especially in Europe right now are all talking front page about Notre Dame. Yeah. Some are calling it Notre Doom. Um, but wow. I mean, this is, this is a, you know, nine centuries of history brought crashing down. And did you see that picture where the cross remained in the ruins you ever seen that? That seems to happen a lot, doesn't it? There's like a Bible that that lived through the fire, unscathed. You know, there's a cross. I remember not. Remember 9/11 when the buildings came down and that one, uh, those two pieces of metal formed a cross. I mean, that thing was crazy. That was bizarre, right? So it seems like crosses and Bibles they they seem to you know live through these things. And I think you know, I mean, to me at least, it seems like it's a sign or a message from God. Like you know, we're gonna be okay. You know, and I'm I'm always. I'm always here, even in the middle of the trial, right? Even in the middle of the test. So anyways, it's Holy Week. Praise God. People are going to be worshiping Jesus all around the world as we get ready for our Resurrection Day services. I know a lot of pastors are you know, preparing this week. This is a busy week. If you're a pastor, this is like the busiest week of the year. I mean, this is it, man, because people come to church that don't normally come to church. You know, people come to church that come Christmas and Easter. You know, and, you know, I, I can think of a lot of people in our nation right now as, as we look at the statistics of less and less people believing in divinity, believing in God, having a true faith. More and more people are believing in atheism, which is no God. And that just boggles my mind. Now here, I'm a guy, in case you know my testimony, and I'll just tell you real briefly, you know, I was, I went through a big trial when I was 23 years old. I was attacked and I was stabbed with a knife nine times. And the Lord spared my life, and it's part of my testimony. It's a big part of my testimony. And for me, during that experience, the Lord allowed me to go in his presence. I felt his glory. And so there's just no denying for me. I can never deny the reality. To me, it's just reality of the truth, which is that God is real, that there is a divine power. And I believe that is Jesus Christ, the God of heaven and earth. And so... Um, with the Mueller report coming out, mm, mm, could there be a need for a false flag? Could there be a need for narrative changes? Why, who who doesn't want us to know about the, the Mueller report? Not It's not Trump because Trump doesn't really care because you know why? He was exonerated by the Mueller report and there was uh, nothing there. There was no collusion in the, in the, in the Mueller report. So for, for President Trump, I don't think he's too worried about the Mueller report. In fact, I think he wants people to see the Mueller report. I think he's been building it up. I think he's been building it up for people so that 
you know, <laughs> the news, the fake news, as he calls it, you know, the 90, 90 to 95% controlled by six corporations, mainstream corporate media, those guys, Operation Mockingbird, President Obama legalized propaganda against the American people during executive action. Look it up. So it doesn't surprise me one bit that they would want to change the narrative. Yes. Who, who, who seeks to gain here this week from changing the narrative? Is it, is it Trump or is it the people that told us lies for two and a half years or more? Ah, so look, look for these types of events. Um, you know, I'm not saying this was caused by the deep state. I'm not saying it wasn't just a complete, you know, accident and just a coincidence that, you know, this iconic structure that just happens to be related to God, you know, been around uh, for what, nine centuries of history crashed down today. You know, it's ah, that yeah, it could just be it just could be one of those things where it just actually is just coincidental so you pray about it i'll pray about it and if we get any more information about it we'll of course talk about it but i still think there's there's just something crazy and and there's like this crown of thorns drama so uh in the peril apparently in the notre dame fire uh a crown of thorns was miraculously saved uh but the other relics you know at risk of 900 years of history go up in flames so the crown of thorns, I mean, what? The crown of thorns was saved? That That's pretty wild. That's, to me, that's that's something right there. There's something to that. You know what I'm saying? There's just something crazy about that. So people are just tripping out about these facts, and rightfully so. It's been all over the news today. You know, um, there was a flashback 2016 when ISIS was behind a failed Notre Dame attack. Remember that? Remember the flashback to the, the car that was filled with seven propane tanks? Yeah, yeah. A failed attack on the very same structures. Mm. So anyways, we'll have to, to continue to see. Now, I'm, let me just change the subject here with Fox News. Okay, I know a lot of you guys are Fox News fans. I, I've watched Fox News for years. But have you been noticing Fox News has been kind of changing around a little bit? Have you been noticing that um, it's it's getting a little bit, mm, yeah, questionable? Questionable, some of their reporting. I mean, we already know guys like Shepard Smith are on there and stuff like that. I, you know, I'm not a fan of Shepard Smith, okay? Um, there's a couple other ones on there I'm not really fans of. A lot of rhinos, Republican in name only. You know, people like Bill Crystal I've seen, you know, over the years. And other people that are like him, you know, on there. Uh, they kind of remind me of guys... Like Mitt Romney, you know what I'm saying? And um, sometimes even, you know, Marco Rubio gets in that category. But remember like Paul Ryan? Yeah, you know, you just, uh, you know, the never Trumpers. So anyways, Fox News, uh, they're going to, they're I guess they're hosted this Bernie, you know, Sanders town hall or whatever today. Whatever. I didn't tune in. Did you tune in? I hope they had low ratings. I mean, can you think about Bernie Sanders? The guy literally had his honeymoon in Russia. Okay, talk about Russian collusion. I mean, talk about somebody that wants communism here in the United States. Total socialist, total socialist. I mean, his policies are so scary. And to think that some of our young people and many Americans are, are you know, they're digging this guy. They're, they're like this guy, Bernie Sanders. So, yeah, keep your, you know, just keep praying as 2020 gets closer. We got to keep praying, guys. We got to really keep praying. But I always take it back because people say, oh, you know, you should, you should run for a political office. You know, you, you need to run for political office. And, um, yeah, you know, once in a while you'll see me at a political event or whatnot. I, I, I keep my uh, my ear to the ground. I know what's going on out there. 
But that's really not my mission. That's not your mission, is it? That's not your mission either. Some of you, it's your mission. Some of, some people that listen to this program, you have a calling to that mountain of government. And I have a calling to it too. I just think that I speak about it and I think I pray about it. And I think it's definitely something that is involved in my calling as well. So we're not alone if you have a governmental calling. I think we need to, you know, absolutely make sure that the church and the people of God are praying about every mountain of influence, including government. And so I don't like when people just pull out of the government, you know, oh, well, let, you know, just let them do what they're going to do. And then we get, you know, a communist like Bernie Sanders. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. No, 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 no. We need to be active. We need to be active. We need to be out there. Listen, in my, in my little community that I live in, you know, we, we had an incident and people had to get involved. People had to get involved because at first the HOA and the people in the area, they weren't going to even do a thing about it. In fact, they didn't even really barely know about the situation. And when, when a bunch of people started calling and just flooding the, the phone lines and people were getting angry and upset and, you know, making all kinds of statements and, you know, lawyers started getting involved, you better believe their voices were heard. Their voices were heard. And so that's what we need to do on the macro scale as Christians. I really believe we've been the silent majority for a long time. We are a majority. I mean, statistically, even if you look at like, the worst, most grim statistics about the United States. You know, just look at the, like, the most grim statistics where it's like, you know, the least amount of people are saying they're Christian. Even with the least amount of people that are saying they're Christian, we still have around 75% of people that are saying they're Christian in our country. 75%. So think about that. I'm not saying they're all serving the Lord. And of course, that includes Catholics and other, you know, Christian-like aspects of faith. Um, maybe not all, you know, evangelicals, not that high of 75%. But, but still, 75% of the nation, but you sure do hear certain people groups that seem like they're 75%, don't they? I mean, you, you really do. You hear certain people groups, and you would think that they're the 75%, you know, putting up uh, these monuments and, and crazy stuff going on, you know, on the state level and forcing things down our children's throat, you know what I'm saying, and, and now Christians' throats. And I just think it's time, guys. Look, we're going into now the 2020 cycle. You know, this this next two years is going to be super crucial. Are we going to start talking about it or what? So I don't like to talk about politics. That's really not my thing. But I find myself in that lane quite often because I think there's a void there. And when I read, I read two two studies this last week. One of them uh, said that 64% of pastors, I think it was, were afraid to speak the full gospel from the pulpit. 64%. That alarmed me. That alarmed me. It should alarm you. It should alarm us all. And their fear is, is that they're going to lose tithers. They're going to lose people in their congregation if they don't speak out. I mean, if they do speak out. So instead, they're just not going to talk about controversial subjects. They're just not going to talk about this subject or that subject. They'll keep it really motivational. And I, I, uh, I kind of remember a scripture that said something about that, right? About... People will want people that tickle their ears. Do you remember that scripture? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that scripture too. And uh, isn't it a sign of the times when you hear that that many pastors are afraid? I would be more afraid about standing before the throne of Jesus Christ someday. I'd be more afraid about that faithful day when I stand before the throne of glory. And it's that day where the Lord says, okay, so Todd, you're a leader, right? You're a pastor. Did you preach the full gospel? Did you tell them the truth? Did you get them equipped for this day? What about when the tribulation came? Did you prepare them for the tribulation or were you quiet? Did you just make it like everything was just perfect? Because I will tell you that although I'm not a doom and gloomer, I'm not a doom and gloomer, and I don't think we're all going to die tomorrow, at least I hope not, 
Uh, I do think that we need to be realistic and understand the situation of our nation. And it is a perilous. When I see people in ministry that we deal with every single day, the families, the situations that are going on, if the church doesn't rise up and start speaking the truth, guys, we're going to lose this thing. We're going to lose this thing because there's never been more ministries. There's never been more resources. There's never been more apps. There's never been more pastors. I mean, come on. There's never been more churches. There's never been, you know, and yet why do we keep seeing less and less people that believe? Well, that maybe that's because we're not telling them the truth. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago when we interviewed Pastor Shane Eidelman, a friend of mine. We were just talking about that. I said, when I came out of the world, when I came out of the world, the last thing I wanted to do was see the church trying to be like where I just came from. First of all, they didn't do a good job of it. Number one, they look like dorks, okay? <laughs> I don't know how else to say. You look like nerds, losers, wannabes, wannabes. Don't try to be like where I just came from. First of all, you're not even good at it because those people were actually real. And I just appreciate realness. So why don't you be real and tell me who you are? Tell me why you're serving Jesus. Tell me about Jesus because I need to know about him. That's what people from the world want. See, if you're just coming out of the darkness or you're, you're living in the muck and mire and you know how dark it is. The last thing you want is some Christian wannabe guy who's trying to be like your friends. No, no. Or, you know, same thing for females. It's the same thing. Like they don't want that. They want somebody who's real and said, listen, this is my testimony. This is what God's done in my life. This is what he's done in my life. And he can do the same for you. And if we do this at the grassroots level and we do it, you know, through the full spectrum, could you imagine if just like every pastor got up one Sunday and preached the, the truth? I mean, I don't even know what happened, what would happen in America, right? If every pastor just said, you know what, I'm tired of being that 64%, I'm going to be bold today. We don't really know what's going to happen, but Lord, it just anoint me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me get out there and just speak the truth today. Could you imagine what would happen? I don't even, I mean, I'm telling you, it would rock the very foundation of our nation. What about if we all got you know, on our faces and just started repenting before the Lord and praying? What if there was like a national movement where all the pastors just said, you know what, we repent, Lord. We've been doing it wrong. You know, we missed the mark and we want to get back in alignment with you. And, you know, we want to make sure, look, you've trusted us with so much, Lord. You've given us so many resources. I think that that moment is coming, but I'm hoping it's not going to come after something like 9-11 or worse. I'm hoping it doesn't take a national tragedy. I'm hoping it's just an awakening. I'm hoping it's just people that literally just get up and awaken and are like, oh my gosh, like we need God. We need, we need what we saw at the turn of the century, you know, Azusa Street. We need the Jesus movement. Now, there's a lot of infighting in the church. There's a lot of people that are infighting. And I mentioned how busy our schedules are and, you know, how hard it is to do all these things. And, you know, sometimes we feel completely overwhelmed. And then, you know, it's like we make it to church and then we get to the church. We trust the pastor to give us a good word. We trust the pastor and he does give us a good word or she does give us a good word. And, you know, we get encouraged and we leave, but it's like nothing really connected on the level where, we're, where we really need the manna. We just got, you know, a word, but it's like if we're not in the word, if we're not in worship, if we're not in prayer, you know, if we're not intercessors and, you know, really asking the Lord what he wants for our life and, you know, having those visions and dreams, if we allow ourselves to get caught up in sin again, you know, because how many know sin is just one step away? You know, your past that you, you got delivered of, hopefully, you know, that we fought so hard for. But then it's like something really painful happens. Something really tragic happens. And it's like all of a sudden you think about that sin. You're like, man, it'd be nice to have a drink tonight. You know, man, it would be nice to just smoke a joint tonight. I, I need that. You know, maybe that'll help me. Maybe that's what I need right now. You know, and then we do it. And then what happens? Does it really fix the problem? No, no.
doesn't fix the problem. What happens though, it just puts us back, back in our darkness, back in our muck and mire. And so here, here's what I'm going to say, you know, because it's like, here we are, Resurrection Day 2019, you know, here we are. I want to get on fire. You know, do you want to get on fire for the Lord? I want to be on fire. So when I see these news headlines, I see the, you know, I'm up against these things that happened in my community this week, you know, different things that come up, my job, stress, whatever it is, boom, 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 whatever it is, boom, boom. You know, if these things are coming up, I'm ready. I'm ready for the battle. I'm ready for the battle. And that, that takes putting on the full armor of God. That takes being prepared. That takes really believing in the truth of the word of God. Going in depth. I mean, just really doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what we need to do. So look, we're, here we are. 2019. Resurrection week. What are we going to do different? What do we need to do different? As the world continues to go mad around us. We see the people walking on the streets. Hopeless. We've got the hope. Let's invite some people to church. You know what I'm saying? And hey, listen, I'm going to put you out on a challenge right now. If you've been going to a seeker-friendly church that isn't feeding you, maybe it's time to seek some food. You know? And I know that's not the easiest thing because my wife and I have been on that wandering path a few times. But you know what? I'm just telling you. If your pastor's one of those 64% that's afraid, then you need to either challenge and say, you know what? Why aren't we hearing anything spoke about you know, sex before marriage? Why aren't we hearing anything you know, spoke about, you know, the gay lifestyle. Why aren't we hearing anything, you know, spoke about abortion from the pulpit? Because, Pastor, there's people in the church that, that don't even know it's wrong. Why aren't we confronting sin? Why aren't we confronting sin? You know, and there's just something. There's authority that comes in the name of Jesus. There's authority that comes in this whole thing here when we start speaking the truth. And it's operating in the fullness. And, yeah, people are going to get mad and they're going to get angry. There's going to be some, you know, feathers ruffled. You know, but I believe this is where revival comes from. So I'm just saying, look, if you're the pastor, I honor you. I honor, you know, your family. I know it is extremely hard to be in the ministry. I'm not here to just uh, critique pastors. And that's why I don't really call people out often because, you know, I'm not here to do that. I have my own shortcomings and God has to work on those things. You know, all, all different things roar their ugly head in my life. I get it. I'm not here to sit here and be like, oh, I'm better, you know. But I'm just saying, I'm, this challenge goes to me. This challenge goes to all of us. Look, I can get up there and give a really good motivational message sometimes, guys. I'll tell you that. And you feel really good because everybody comes up afterwards like, oh, Pastor, that was such a great message, such a great message. And sometimes we need to exhort and do that, right? But there's other days when no one comes up after. And you know why? Because it wasn't the most popular message. But somebody needed to hear that. And that's where the balance is, right? We need to be balanced. We need to equip people because when people... You know, they're with us for a season. And, and, you know, if you're not in ministry, you know, you still may have a ministry. Maybe it's to your people at work or at school, your friends, your family. You know, being a father is a pastor in your house. I mean, honestly, being a mother is, you know, a, a pastor in your house, a leader. You know, I mean, you're you're ministering to those young children. You're showing them Jesus. You know, that's what the Bible says, right? Go and make disciples. We're, we're making disciples of our children. Super important. So let's be thinking this Resurrection Day week. What can we do different as we go into this? It's not just repetitive. It's not just the same old, same old. We want to affect culture. We want to shape it. We want to mold it. And happy Motivation Monday. Because <laughs> I say I'm going to do a motivational message on Mondays, Motivation Monday. But I hope this was somewhat motivational. I hope that at least, you know, even though we speak the full truth and we don't hold or, you know, pull any punches here, I still think it's exciting because the story ends well. 
the story ends well because I just know someday we're going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I was just reading about, you know, standing on the streets of gold, you know, just wow. You know what I'm saying? What it's going to be like someday. And so we, it ends really well for us. So if you're going through a trial, it ends really well. If you're going through a test, it ends really well for us. Just stick the course. Remember what this week is about. It's super, super important. Jesus Christ came so that he could die for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Then he rose again. Wow. I mean, on the third day, and, and you know, he, he, t- he paid the price. He paid the price for us because I am but a sinner, you know, and thank God for his amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. And he loves you so much. It doesn't matter what you've done. Today, you can turn it all around by just saying, Lord, I need you in my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I accept you into my heart as the King of kings and the Lord of lords of my life. If you haven't done that, do that right now. I'm going to pray for you. Father, we just thank you for today's show. As we start a brand new week, I pray that the person that tuned in would be empowered. Lord God, you give them the strength of your Holy Spirit. They'd be encouraged. Thank you for for just being there for them, Lord God, showing them your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, just reveal yourself. Give this person strategy and understanding. Lord God, comfort, Lord, because that's who the Holy Spirit is. You are a comforter, Lord. Comfort them in this time. And Lord, just give them just a full understanding of what it means to be walking out our call in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, you can write us on the Remnant News Facebook page, Remnant News. And of course, we have rmntnews.com. We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes. We're, we just applied for iHeartRadio. We're seeing if we're going to get accepted or not, but we're praying that we are. So please pray that we will. And then we'll be on like every single podcast platform pretty much out there because we're already on you know so many. Google Play. Anyways, thank you for tuning in the show. I'm getting a little bit long here, and I got to go. But you guys be blessed, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.